Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it brings me no pleasure to say this. Corey Price's perfect attendance record on this pod is over. After four episodes, his Iron Man streak is done. And I, for one, am shocked. To know Corey is to know a reliable man. Someone who never bails on plans. (laughs) Never calls in sick. Let this not be a stain on his legacy, but a mere bump in the road. I really hope he doesn't hate me for that. <laughs> Pole position, mate. Pole position. Let's fucking go! Yes! Yes! Oh my god! Hold oh, the time you have not even fight. Yeah! The guy in the car. <laughs> no, no, Mike. That was so not right. It's the drink. Is it on now? You will not have the drink. For anyone who thought I left, I never left. CDV's Colton Prale is here. Hi, Callum. Thank you. Um, I told Corey today that uh, he's on thin ice already. Because, listen, if this if if this pod is a five out of ten, I'm never gonna let him live it down. Like we already have, you know, we've done four episodes so far. They were like I think three out of tens, four out of ten, something like that. The bar is already very low. If you somehow jump over it, I think we're kicking him off. I'm into that. Absolutely. Goodbye, Corey. All right. Welcome to it. Um, let's start with, uh, give me a 30 second uh, about who you are. Who the hell are you? Sure. Big sports uh, big sports guy. I'm into TV. Um, Colton, I work for CTV Ottawa, in case, in case we didn't cover that I already. Don't know if, I don't know if we should talk we about should. our jobs okay, on here. Okay, 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 okay. Not for like, not to bore the listeners, right, but like, right, right, you know, right, what right, if right, the right. bosses find this? Oh, that's a good point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then in that case, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm Colton. I'm into uh, a lot of sports. Big soccer fan, big hockey fan. Uh, got into racing about four years ago. After a buddy of mine repeatedly told me, hey, you need to you need to check this out. You're really going to enjoy it. You're really going to like this. Uh, and finally found my way through the season before Drive to Survive. I just missed that. That's my only little, like, uh, I wasn't one of those fans, you know? And that wasn't me. I'm not the guy that No, that. no. This was uh, so, a different friend of mine. Usually it's the same story with every single person that I talk with F1 now. Like, I berated them for <laughs> literally over a decade, and then finally they gave in. Corey didn't take too much convincing. But yeah, okay, so who's this friend? He works for the Players' Tribune. He's, uh, he's another big sports guy, big soccer fan. So That's he, a cool job. It is the utmost dream job. Like, this man has his life sorted out. He gets to meet, I mean, so many athletes that he's met on, on soccer field. We, we can get to that, you know, later on. But yeah, a fantastic job. And he was big into soccer. We used to always play and chat about that. And, and he just would invite me over and say, hey, man, like, let's, let's watch the race. And so finally got into that with him, uh, moved away. Fell in love with it a little more as right. I slowly what was the, worked more. What lured it, what lured you in? What part of it? You know what it is? It's similar to soccer in that it is a very uh condensed sporting event. You know, a, a hockey game I find sometimes I don't have a full three hours of attention or the I'm not always engaged. Yeah, okay. Doesn't keep me in there. You know, I love that about soccer that it's forty five minutes and then forty five minutes. I love that about racing and that uh, you know, you just turn it on and that's it. That's the race for the next you yeah. know, 90 minutes, two hours. You're just sitting there. You're fully engrossed. Uh, I'm a, I'm into racing as well. Like I like MotoGP and, and I have given Indy and NASCAR a chance, uh, but I just can't get behind the length of NASCAR. So, so F1 really hit the excitement. <laughs> it hit the charisma and it hit the time period that I really enjoyed. I am not shy with my overall racing takes. Don't tell me to watch the Indianapolis 500. Don't tell me to try. Oh, oh, NASCAR. They did. Uh, they did Coda this past. Week. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't. Honestly, dude, I don't even care about F2. Fuck yeah. them. I I don't care about F2 at all. I am an F1 guy and only an F1 guy. Like I don't care about any other racing whatsoever. I it's, just like connecting with the characters, the drivers, yeah. and uh, you can't get that with most other racing sports. It's not as in depth. Let's say as F1. There's so much more access. So we're two races in. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't start off with what is, in my opinion, the absolute number one uh, talker this year, which is Charles uh, versus Max. The question I had that I posed to both of you and Corey before Corey backed out um, <laughs> of the pod. <laughs> before we kicked him off. What I don't I don't want to I don't know if it's fair to say is this battle going to be better than Max versus Lewis? Because it's so different. 
Like, not only is it does it feel like the stadium in which these athletes are fighting each other in is different, but the regulations are different. Like, the whole feel around it is completely different. So I kind of just want to compare and contrast the two um, and kind of, you know, what what is changing? What is different between the incredible battle we saw um, last season between Max and Lewis and now? What are we going to see with and what have we already seen with with Charles and Max? So give me your first impressions about on on the the first two races between just those two guys. As a viewer, it's been fantastic. As a narrative, it's never going to live up to Max and Lewis. It just and why can't. and why why though? Because there's seven years of Mercedes dominance. Yeah. Of backstory, there is that David versus Goliath feeling that was Max finally going to be able to do it. You know, no one else could get that Red Bull car quite as close to Mercedes for so long, but Max could because Max was just something else. And Lewis had this uh, invincible aura around him. And so anytime Max beat him, anytime Max made it a a serious title race, as Mm -hmm. he did last season, uh, and even a little before that, to a certain extent... It yeah, he started may- knocking on the door before. Yeah, there, there was it like Lewis. Lewis could see him in his rearview mirrors uh, a, a couple years prior. Like this, uh, this was coming. Yeah, last absolutely. year was coming, and it felt earned on merit because mm-hmm. of that. But it was a slow burn. It was a slow grind. And what I loved, and and maybe it's tough to say this two races in, but every time Max and Lewis battled, especially last season, it felt final. It felt like this was going to be the the one opportunity that Max had, or if he didn't, you know, he really had to hold on because there was only going to be one or two moments in this race where Lewis could fight back or where he could make the overtake. Right. There, there was always that talk about, like, this is going to be decided by the fastest lap. Exactly. And, like, guys like Valtteri Bottas and Sergio Perez, you know, it, this could be decided by one of them taking it away from either Max or Lewis on the final lap of Abu Dhabi. Something pretty similar happened. Um, but yeah, you, I think you're totally right on that. I want to one thing that I think is dramatically different between these two battles is that um, kind of the the emotion and the relationship between the two drivers wildly different. So last year, like it, if they didn't like each other before the start of last year, Max and Lewis, which I I think they already hated each other a little bit. Um, it didn't take very long for them to become bitter bitter rivals. There was no tragedy involved with that because we were all just like cheering them both on to, you know, get even more angry and get even more bitter. <laughs> now, ch- this is this is two like childhood friends. You have them waving there's, to each other in the race as they pass each yeah, other. There's so much uh, uh, respect between Charles and Max. And the thing that's actually kind of tragic is that, in my opinion, it's they're not going to be friends for much longer because you cannot race Max Verstappen. Without feeling this kind of, um, th- uh, feeling his like his cold wrath, and he will not. Th- he gives no mercy to anyone, right? Whereas, and I don't think Charles, you know, backs off just because you know he's racing one of his buddies, or you know, oh, he's a, he's good friends with Lando, so he's not going to throw it up the the side. But there's a there's a different kind of tone, a different kind of um, oomph <laughs> to Max Verstappen and how he deals with his rivals, and we saw it actually. Uh, a preview to, I guess, this battle was Charles and, and Max in Austria a few years back when Max just bullied the shit out of him and just pushed, basically, basically pushed him off track. I think it was a clean racing move, but it was very, it was, it was borderline, but it was still clean. And Charles was rattled as hell. I think Leclerc needs to get used to that because even though we've seen pretty clean racing, pretty respectful racing so far, it's not going to be like that for this entire season. No, it's not. And I'm curious to see how he handles it. I think the Charles we're seeing this year, and again, two races in, tough to say, is very different from the driver we've seen the last few years. He seems more composed. He seems a little less willing to make some of those really aggressive lunges that we saw the last, I'd say, two years from him uh, that were Verstappen-esque, but not in their execution, in their, oh, Max, why did you do that-ness? Uh, you know, it was, it's not the best way to settle down, settle down. (laughs) He's got at least one in him every season. And, and Charles has that same attitude. If he's, if he saw any sort of gap, he was going Mm -hmm. for it, regardless of whether the car would fit there or not. And I think what we saw, uh, particularly in Saudi Arabia was, was a little more patience from Charles, a little more willingness to, uh, to hold it in just one more moment, one more opportunity as well. 
Yeah. And, you know, people people loved to praise Charles for, you know, uh, you know, swapping DRSs with Max and playing the long game and playing, playing the strategic game, which, like, you do have to give him some sort of um, uh, kudos. But at the end of the day, this whole DRS thing, like, this uh, uh, playing DRS chicken has been around, actually, for the past decade. It goes back to Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton playing DRS chicken in Canada. I think it was, like, 2000. 14 or 13 something like that like a long long time ago but what i thought was really interesting from saudi was that and and i i was actually shocked that it it took max this long to learn but max ended up learning and then he perfected it and then to me it kind of showed that he outright is still the best driver on the grid and when it comes to 1v1 um combatants like Charles may be a genius, but Max is just, like, superhuman. And what I'm looking forward to is seeing someone with such, like... Because last year, the thing with this battle, last year it was, like, Max and Lewis were always going to fight on track, but it was always going to be for, like, one or two laps. We've already seen Max and, and Charles fight for, like, five laps at a time three times. Um, in two races, so what's going? It's going to be a battle, um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how, who starts thinking about the long game first. This is going to be a marathon, an absolute marathon. Like, buckle up! You thought last year because the cars cars were pretty close, and the drivers were like Lewis and Max were absolutely on their A games. Well, guess what? Now the cars enable better racing. There's a uh, more improvements in some of the tracks. We'll get to that later with with Australia. This is shaping up to be some of the most crazy back and forth consistent lead changes that we've ever seen. And if we could, if we already saw that at a, a track like Saudi Arabia, like I'm not past saying that we might see a good Monaco this year. <laughs> I'm not past saying that we could see like a good Singapore this year. That's how that's how excited I am. Um and the only question I have is like are, are is our expectations going to change? And do we need A-plus races to kind of entice us when before, the past decade, it was like, if we got a B-minus, that was the talk of F1 for a very long time. I think they may a little, especially as we get to see more overtaking. I think one thing I'm going to miss for sure, I don't know if others will feel the same though, is that sense of severity with every move, that the weight Mm -hmm. of having those one or two moments where Max and Lewis are fighting uh, where it really did feel like the entire race was on the line. I don't think you're going to get that feeling anymore until it is, you know, last lap of Saudi Arabia and you've got Charles and, and Max playing chicken with the DRS. And that felt like one of those moments again. But the lead up, the the weight, the drama of their battle for those laps, while it was intense and it was so fun to watch as a fan, it didn't have the same emotional weight um, that you would get, I think, last season in the same race with the same drivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. You want to fix your mic there? It just <laughs> He's keeps, having a bit of trouble. You got to arc it a little down. bit more. Um, there you go. There we go. I, I think that we still, even though we've known Charles for so long, I think the reason why last year felt so consequential every single time was because the personalities, the the these humans, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, that we had seen, we, they had been under a microscope for ever since they became in, come into the sport. Whereas Charles, at the start, for sure, but then those kind of like uh, difficult years with Ferrari, he kind of backed off a little, and he was kind of on like the fifth, sixth, or seventh mm-hmm. kind of most uh, popular racer. Well, now it's kind of like okay, he's a, he's number one and two with Max, so we'll see how that like their character arcs uh, especially charles is is um is, is developed this season but i think uh, this could be, this could be every bit as good as max versus lewis but it's going to be different it this year i would say it's the year of second chances Absolutely. because i'm i'm i'd say that because it's going to feel like we're going to have multiple battles in every single race the lead is going to change a bunch of times i think in the title race and it's going to feel like okay well it's not over yet. And whereas a lot of times last season, it was like when Max had like a 30 or 40 point lead, it was like, okay, well, how the hell is Mercedes going to um, uh, gonna come back, 
right? It, it, it felt very final at, at many points. You're totally right. This season, I don't think it's going to feel like that. All right, let's move on. Top three and bottom three racers through two races. Um, we've already spent uh, 15 <laughs> minutes on one topic, so maybe let's just cruise through this. Sure. Uh, give, me your, give me your top three. Uh, and this is, just, this is just purely performance. You could pick a guy that hasn't scored any points, but if you were impressed with him, for sure. So top three racers uh, so far. I'm going to cheat already. It's Red Bull as a team. I I think both Max and Checo have really impressed me. You're shaking your head. I don't like guys that don't play by my fucking rules. I know. I I don't like this. I like. I couldn't say Checo and not say Max because I know you would yell at me, and we don't have another 15 minutes to deal with that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You can't say Checo and not say Max. Exactly. But I'm not going to have just Checo, Max, and Charles because, like, come on, that sucks. The third one, Valtteri Bottas. Okay, so you have. So you have. Are you are you saying Red Bull and Ferrari? No, no, no. Red Bull. Yeah. Charles, Charles, and then Valtteri, Valtteri Bottas. Okay, all right, explain. I've been really impressed with him in a mid-car. Yeah. Uh, I think his passing ability, driven in part by the Ferrari engine, has been better. I think he's had a couple of really strong races. Obviously, he didn't finish last week, uh, but he's been more engaged. You know, the sixth-place finish in, in the first race was out of nowhere for me. Certainly wasn't expecting to see an alpha that high, mm. but it wasn't unmerited. It wasn't that he didn't deserve it. He's been quietly a pretty steady driver this year and it shows why he had that second seat in mercedes Mm -hmm. you know it's it's not that he's bad and i'm interested and i'm enjoying watching him have kind of an opportunity to not redeem himself because i don't think you can come back from that sort of history you're always going to wear that reputation that mark but it's been nice seeing him apparently enjoying driving again and, and just living as a, as a number one, finally. Yeah, I I didn't think he had it in him. I w- it, listen, and he hasn't proven me wrong yet. We've only been through two races. <laughs> but I will formally apologize to Valtteri Bottas at the end of this season if he is able to keep up some sort of consistency. Because, yeah, the knock on him is that he couldn't fucking overtake people. Mm-hmm. And maybe the idea that there was so much pressure, even though he denied it all the time, right? There's so much pressure being at Mercedes, even though you're guaranteed a second place pretty much almost every single fucking race for the past three years. But that's what it is, right? Like, yeah. that's the weight. The weight is that second is always losing. Yeah, yeah, You yeah, know, yeah. There, there is only your view, your view on Your view on your own performance kind of becomes contorted. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I was actually between Bottas. So I, I, have, I have Max and Charles as one and two. I would totally um, go against you with this whole checkout. First of all, okay? Okay. No, and you know, you, you know what? I was going to pull ever. No. You don't think he's been a good driver? I was, okay, great. One race, and then he also finished fourth. There's only that. been two races. So hold on, hold on. So I'll the give fir- you that he so finished the fir- fourth. The first race, he's battling with Lewis yep. for, I believe it was fourth position because Carlos, or it was either th- third or fourth position. Okay, so already he's not he's not in the the title fight. Like Max, it's clearly Max and Charles yes. right out of the gate. All right, so he can't be ahead of Max. I don't know why you would ever put him ahead of Max after that. Okay, so. We move on. I expected. Max we move on to, to the second race. Wait, wait, go Great back. lap. Great. Yeah. You know what? Congratulations to uh, Sergio Perez on one good lap. Congratulations to him. Guess what, man? When shit like that happens to you in the race, where you get batted down the order because of some uh, some bad luck, fight your way back. Sorry, but Max passed both Ferraris to win that race. He passed uh, uh, Carlos at the start. Yeah, I mean, and then Charles pushed Carlos out of the way. If, if we're doesn't matter. That, doesn't matter. Don't okay. give me that bullshit. Don't I'm giving me that it bullshit. to you. Okay. It was a it was a veteran, a, 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 a <laughs> skilled, talented he, move at the start. He placed his car perfectly. Absolutely opportunistic. You know what else is opportunistic? It would have been for Checo when the pack was already bunched back up. To fight with Carlos. To at least fight with Carlos. Do something, They yeah. didn't fight at all. They didn't fight at all. So don't give me this whole... Ch- Even, like, on the same planet as Max? No. Sorry, he's going to have to show a hell of a lot more. I cannot believe you said that. Okay, it's crazy. You're on. saying all of this so in said- orange t-shirt. <laughs> so I said uh, Max and Charles, both in brackets, what more do you want from them? Yeah. Like, one and two. No, they've been uh, absolutely the top. Kevin Magnuson. Yes. Is my th- and I bet yes. I bet you were fighting between him, yeah, him and v- Valtteri Bottas. Kevin Magnuson... The immediate impact that he has had makes Nikita Matsupin look like a middling F3 driver. I like, mean, he is. What in the world? So first of all, you're, you're absolutely embarrassing. And I think Mick Schumacher, um, by the way, a uh, preview for my bottom three. Uh, <laughs> oh. I think Mick Schumacher hasn't been horrible this season, but you, he just broke the mic entirely. <laughs> Colton just broke the mic. He, it's off. It's, 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 oh my God. 
And we fixed it. We're not going to be allowed back in this studio. Don't even worry about it, folks. So me with me with K-Mac, not only, not only did he come in and have almost zero testing and, um, you know, zero preparations, and he had taken a full year off F1, but he's also asserting his dominance over someone who asserted his dominance over the second driver last year. So to me, it's so, so impressive. All right, we're going to switch it up. I'm going to go first for bottom three. All right, you had your time. Go for it. Also, Keep I have. Talking. Also, haven't I haven't enough. talked enough. Exactly. I haven't talked enough so far. I can't believe you'd say that about Checo and Max. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> All right, bottom three uh, in no particular order. Uh, Nicholas Latifi. Yep. Race one. Uh, he he only finished ahead of Hulkenberg. Yep. Who again wasn't in F one last year? Are we Is counting it... Hulkenberg for the bottom three? Are we allowing that? You can. I totally allowed to. Okay. He's driving. He's been. Okay. He's driven he's been both there races. Both. Um, and then race two, an inexplicable crash. Just horrible. Uh, number two, Daniel Ricardo. He's just a shell of him, former of his former self. And in the preview pod that we did, I actually said he was going to embarrass Lando this season, which still, it's still, it's, it could still happen for sure. I thought he would benefit from the car being a little more difficult to drive for everyone, right? Like, who said it? Uh, it might have been Esteban. Someone said it's like driving go karts this year, which that's what I thought it was going to be like. So a guy like Ricardo who was given all this praise for wrangling a bit of a difficult Red Bull all those years to win races when Mercedes and Ferrari were dominant. Like, I thought he would thrive in this environment. He hasn't. Yeah. Uh, Mick Schumacher is, my, is part of my bottom three. This was close. I could have put, you know, a Lance Stroll. Um, I, I could have put a couple other drivers, for sure. Mick needs to be seizing this opportunity. Like, K-Mag is showing him how to drive this car that he had multiple weeks more to learn how to drive. And he's showing he has a bit of pace, but sorry, man, like that crash in Saudi just can't happen. It just can't happen. Moving on. Bottom three for Colton. All right. Uh, I mean, Ricardo is is harsh, I think. I think that car as a whole is terrible. Uh, I just scored, wanted to get Lando them. scored points. Barely. Um, but we'll give it to him. I, I mean, the first race, even they were both back of the pack. You know, that car is definitely not helping. I don't think he's any worse off than he was last season. That said... You know, I did spend a lot of time screaming, Danny, why, Danny, no, uh, all, the, all the time, all the time. It's just, he brings me much pain. Oh, Daniel. All right, bottom three. I, I so think, he's not in your bottom three? No, okay. he's not. I think I, you have I, to... I think for the three guys that I, I think Nicholas Latifi is the only like slam dunk for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Latifi has to be there. I think it's just been embarrassing. I think even when you've got Alex Albon coming in and, and showing that that car does have a little bit of pace. I mean, no, it's not yeah. as bad as it was last year and it's a little better and he's probably not going to score many points. Uh, you know, he's still wiping the floor with Latifi, and that's, it's just embarrassing. It can't be that bad. Uh, I think you've also got to look at a guy like Nico. I mean, it's unfortunate, but I watch what K-Mag has done. You know, they both took time off. You know, K-Mag came in maybe not just as unprepared, but certainly not fit enough. You hear him talking about how much his neck hurts through the races and how much pain he's in. And he's able to get some Has he been fantastic... saying that this year? Yeah. He said it last year as well, remember? Yeah. Uh, I think it was Silverstone. He's like, uh, during uh, FP1 or FP2, he's like, I got to come in right now, guys. I'm in so much pain. Great. Like, that's a really good point. Like, why? how are you not ready? Right? That's just... Especially edit- after it happened last year. You know it's going to happen again. <laughs> Your job is COVID's still fit. around, my guy. I mean, he's not a permanent driver, but he might as well be. Like, he's, he's the league's reserve at this point. It's just... I'd like to see more from him because I know he's a better driver than this. And yes, the car is not great, but it's just, it's not been up to snuff. I, I'd really, I just really feel a little disappointed. Never trust a man with a weak neck. It's just like a weak handshake. Especially never trust a man who drives F1 cars who has a weak neck. Right. I ju- you we're just all wanting a little bit more. Uh, and, <laughs> and then not to be, you know, picking on, on Aston too much, but, but Lance is on that list too. I, I've just, Lance, same thing. He's, it's a bad car. He's a better driver than this. It's been is embarrassing. It, I mean, well, are we saying? I think we're just saying that because we're Canadian. Maybe not. <laughs> we want him. We would we like him to, to be a well. little better. Um, but I've just been disappointed. You know, I, I felt like for a while, at least he was able to to have some battles in in the midfield and and hold his own. It feels like this year he's just been dropping places a little more consistently and and not really putting up a ton of fight. And if you're just beating Mick Schumacher and Latifi, mm-hmm. uh, that's really not good enough, especially for a team that was supposed to be taking a step forward this year. Listen, I know I said that I w- was pretty close to having Lance on my bottom three, but you know me, I'm combative. I need to push back on you a little. Okay. 
Did you see that defense he had of Lewis? Yes. In Saudi? Yes. Incredible. That's the Lance that I want to see, but you're totally right with... But where's that been? That but was the, three laps, but, four but laps? I think But the racecraft, I think, is still there. The pace isn't there. Yeah, the, the car pace sucks. isn't there. And he also scored points, wasn't he? Didn't he finish eighth in Saudi? Yes. Yes, he did. So that, that's Half the only reason... the field didn't finish Saudi, though. <sighs> it was like five DQs. He still finished ahead of Lewis. Lewis finished 10th. Yeah. So that's just... Listen, I respect hey, Lewis's you. I respect you. Was, uh, Colton, you know I yeah, love safety you, cars. Okay. And, yeah, okay. Uh, Moving on. Very quickly, I know we touched on this a little bit, but what, like, how much do you love what you see from these new cars? Because to me, Huge fan. first of all, hell of a lot prettier and sleeker than I actually oh, thought they'd be. Okay, Rem- hot take. Oh, you don't... Oh, I hate you, the look. Oh, interesting. I hate, it's, it looks like a bad Tron. I love the okay. chunky look okay. of last year's car, and you know the I last the chunk, five years. The yeah, look. it's hard edges. <laughs> they're they're thicker. They're wilder. These okay. look a little more like indie cars. They're a little smaller. Yeah. They're a little more agile. They're nimble. You know, they they look like water. Like just all the curves and and it's it's very fluid, mm-hmm. and that's not intimidating, and it's not powerful. Yeah, and you're it's, making it really doesn't, good points. You know, it doesn't feel like F1. It feels like I'm looking at slightly faster Indy cars, and I'm fine with that if the racing is great, and it is, but like, you know, we could jazz it up. They could look a little cooler. So here's my thing. I also, think, one I think more. you're making very good Wheel points. wells and the wheel covers, take them off. Those are truly atrocious. Unless you're going to do what Alpha oh, is yeah, doing. Oh, yeah, if you paint they them, that's fine. They look fine. They yeah. look fine if you paint them, but yeah, all these cars that just have black there. Man. And like, you watch them when they take off the rims, and just, oh, it looks so yeah. good. You're totally right. You're totally right on that. God, great points. Yeah, I think well, you've almost redeemed yourself from your fucking <laughs> shit-ass Checo take. God damn. I can't believe we're going back to um, that. Are you kidding me? You don't know me. Um, Mr. Two Phones over here. Colton's mm-hmm. got like three phones for work. He's very, he's very important. Corey, I sell a lot of drugs. Corey, I shouldn't have said that Corey. on a podcast that's recorded. Our bosses are going to find this and fire me. Corey just got his new phone. Did he? He's got two phones. Yeah, just, okay. Maybe Corey's selling drugs. He was asking you what he was asking me the other day because he has an Android, right? So yeah. we, have, we have like a bit of a, a work group chat that you're right, in. Right. And he was asking me like, can I still join? Can I? Like, well, no, because I would always, I would always, if he had an iPhone, I'd put him oh, in. So he's right, just like yeah. my, my new work phone. It's a, it's an iPhone. Like, can am, I am, I in the, yeah. am I in the group chat now? And I'm like, how much monitoring do the bosses have of that? <laughs> we might need a new group chat. <laughs> so where was I? Um, oh, yeah. The, the car, races. The look of the car. So the, the only thing that I think is, uh, there's, there's a couple of things that are redeeming from, I think you're making really good points. When, when I saw the, you know, F1's regulated car, like, yep. the, like the, the, what's it called? The prototype, yeah. right? The prototype for this, the new regulations. When I saw that, I was like, oh, you're totally right. The IndyCar vibe, um, great call with the Tron like video game kind yeah, of angle. It's just not there. I thought that. When I saw these new cars, I thought they broke away from that a little. The other thing that I love about the new cars overall is that we're seeing so many different um, uh, uh, angles, so many, so many different um, yes. Uh, approaches yes. from F1 teams. Like the no side pods from Mercedes, the really weird side pods um, from uh, from Red Bull. Okay, yeah, Where, yeah. Aston have weird side. Aston pods? Aston has weird big side pods. And then you've too. got the regular ones, like like the Haas. Yeah. I'm sure they had some, <laughs> some. I'm sure they have some great technology under that thing. Uh-huh. But it, it basically looks like the prototype. Yeah. Maybe that was the way to go. Maybe that was the way to go to just copy yeah. whatever the hell F1 told you to do. But that's what I that's what I like as well. I think that dr- they look dramatically different, even though the regulations make it so that you actually can't have the cars looking so different um, as opposed to previous years. But you know what? I'll give you the win on this one. You've, you've won me over. I already knew I had the win, but thank you. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> um, I, I think that... <laughs> I'm going to ask this a couple times, one mm-hmm. with the cars and one with, one with mm-hmm. Australia. Are they too good at racing each other? No. Because we're having debates on whether or not D- DRS should still be a thing in F1. I, yeah. I heard that multiple times on different podcasts. Like, mm-hmm. in my opinion... DRS needs to be tweaked a little, but that's how good these cars are at racing. They're like, should we take DRS away? They're almost too good, Colton. I think so much of the strategy in current racing revolves around DRS that it would be a massive change. I, I don't think you can drop it. You know, th- these cars, these tracks, they're all built around high speed. They're built around where are the DRS zones, where are we going to see this racing? Uh, and so I think if you eliminate that, yeah, I think you're going to lose some of the excitement that you've gained already this For year. Sure. 
Um, tweaked, tweaked, not not changed to. Yeah, if if you were to drop it a little bit, you know, it's it's what sixteen kilometers an hour right now with DRS. So if you drop that to like ten kilometers an hour, maybe mm-hmm. that makes it a little tighter. You get a little less DRS chicken, essentially, yeah. uh, leading into the straights. But I, I don't know that it's necessarily something that needs to be eliminated or even even changed dramatically yeah. because I think you're still getting a lot of midfield races. We haven't seen anyone pull away so dramatically from yeah. the field yep, you're right. this year. There, there's no max 40 seconds ahead, five laps in like we were seeing well, last we'll see, year. Well, we'll see what happens when we get to Austria, Red Bull Strike. Yeah, yeah, um, give it time. Or And I, I feel like a Ferrari-powered engine, even though the Red Bull powertrains seem to have developed quite the engine we'll see what happens at places like monza mm. um you know p- power power uh and yeah. circuit driven um i think it's an a plus from like f1 regulations because not only like the two things that i wanted to happen uh you've heard the famous quote from nikki lauda saying like it, it, the drivers you don't need talent to race nowadays because the, the cars drive themselves that was extremely apparent with the mercedes the past like five or six years even right? more apparent i think this year Seeing, oh, oh, yeah, you're yes, seeing yes. Lewis seeing, fall back into yes, like sort of the totally middle right. of the path. Yeah, you lost me there for one second. You got so me I'm back, though. Um, just operating at a no. different <laughs> level. So A plus for me because of you know the comments from the drivers saying like it's fun to drive them. It was always fun, but it's even more fun this year. Mm-hmm. They 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 feel like go karts. That's what I wanted. And on top of that, how closely can you follow? Not only are they following closely in high speed corners, which was some of the most difficult to keep up with a car close in front of you. But what, actually what I've noticed as well is the getaway after slow corners. You're able to stick with that car. It's, there's not a massive gap that's created um, after you've just been in that wake and uh, and trying to get up to speed right after like a really tight chicane or something like that. It's been fucking brilliant, to be honest. The on-track racing has improved yeah. so much that it is forcing conversation about the directing of F1. Yeah. I, you know, like I think the only thing we're missing now is just better TV direction so that we can enjoy the racing that you've given Dude, us. How bad was that at Jetta? Truly terrible. I, if I see one more replay and miss an actual oh overtake, I'm going to scream. And, and I, like the helmet cam's cool, but use it for YouTube, use it for like like replays or Not something like that. Want to see Never, the win. ever, ever go to it um, during the race. Like it's you can't just... see anything. It's like you're, it's like you're, it's like someone's recording it on their phone and you're watching it on like one of the biggest sports broadcasts in the entire right? world. Like I love seeing the vibration and what the driver's yeah. going through, but also we're trying to watch. I don't yeah. want to see the vibration. It, it's gotten so bad that the commentators are like, I don't know why we're watching a replay right now. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost as if whoever did the Monaco race last year was had, clearly like, promoted. S- stayed on. Yeah. Yeah. They, they kept abysmal. him. It's been, you are the premier broadcaster mm-hmm. of one of the biggest sports in the world at bare minimum, mm-hmm. picture in picture. Yeah. At minimum. For sure. You're totally right. Yeah. They need to take actually notes from golf. Yeah. Uh, golf totally. does that all the time. Uh, you yeah, should never not be showing point. live action in a sport that yeah. has no stoppages. Who would have thought the professional broadcaster over here would have a good comment on broadcasting? That's crazy. Um, let's move on to Jetta very quickly. Let, never again, please. I never <laughs> want to see that fucking street circuit in my life ever again. It is a perfect metaphor for Saudi Arabia because death is around the corner at all times. Like Mick Schumacher, Mick Schumacher might have died last weekend. Yeah. That was so, so scary. There was a huge F2 crash the last time they were there. Yeah. Um, the, the dangers of DRS chicken between Max and Lewis and then the dangers of, of DRS chicken at that corner with um, Charles and Max. They, they handled it a lot better this time. But it's clear that not only is this circuit a death trap with how there's zero runoff area, with how um, there's, the wall, there's just walls everywhere. I get it's a street circuit. Of course, there's going to be walls everywhere. And then how many, like, how many high-speed corners with no room for error do you need? It's, it, it's seriously a death trap. Max was hissing the wall multiple times yeah. last week. It was, that's just it. it I like watching high-speed, fun speed circuits, uh, street circuits, I should say. You know, everyone enjoys that that thrill, but there's such a fine line between something that is fun to watch, especially from the driver's perspective, and something that passes the danger threshold where it is no longer worth the entertainment and the excitement that is being provided mm-hmm. For the amount of danger that is there, you could make that circuit slightly less dangerous, yeah. slightly less fast, slightly less tight, and it would still be very 
enjoyable to watch. You talk about TV direction. The only camera angle there that's good is the helicopter. Yeah. Because there's so many turns there. It's disorienting. You have, and on top of that too, you have no idea where you are. If if you if you if they don't have that turn one, turn two, mm-hmm. turn three um, uh, descriptor at the bottom, I'd have no idea where I was on the track. Because every single turn looks the exact same, and they change the camera angle so so often because like there's not enough um, uh, there's not enough like there's not enough long of a view because the t- the turns come at you so quickly, it's just boring to be honest. Like it's like there's there's nothing. The only thing I think the only turn that's good, and I know I just actually just got done like ripping it to shreds because it's kind of dangerous with the DRS chicken and stuff. But the only turn that's good is the final turn because it's set, it, it I think it properly sets up. Um, a good battle down and the main street. Easy to follow. Yeah. Easy to follow it visually. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Not, you're not right. to get too yeah. deep into like the the TV cinematography terminology, but you know there is there is the theory that you should never be changing your angles so that you're watching something happen uh, first on the left and then immediately on the right. Uh, it, it, oh, you, know, you should okay. never cross an imaginary line. You should always be watching the action move from left to right. If you're looking at someone who's sitting on the left, when you change camera yeah, angle, they should still be facing the way they were facing before it just it helps your brain follow the action jetta doesn't do any of that immediately they're on the left then the right then the right then the left and it's so disorienting it is like it's that drive to survive lap from russell (laughs) in spot you know like with with turn one eight times in it you know it's just you have no idea where you are on the track it's i it's i hate to watch it i just hate to watch i'm loving the insight you're bringing to be honest Let's move on to Australia. Yeah. Um, I gotta, uh, I'm just going to explain a few things. It's very visual, so we got to get into the details a little bit. Massive, massive, massive changes in Australia. I, I actually can't remember the last time that a circuit was changed so dramatically. You had Abu Dhabi last year, but they only changed, um, you know, I think it was three or four turns. Dramatically better racing, and they should have made these changes a long time ago. But I don't think there's a turn in Australia that wasn't at least... I'm looking at the changes now. I think five and then uh, eleven, twelve are the only okay. So only there's ones so there's three train. turns on yeah. what was I think an eighteen turn Six, circuit. sixteen, but yeah, now it's sixteen. No, yeah. now it's sixteen. Yeah, now right? it's sixteen. Yeah. So what was an eighteen mm-hmm. turn circuit? They only left three untouched. That's massive. Here are the highlights. Number one, turn two is two point five meters wider on the right. That's massive. It's because you can't. There's going to be very few passes on the main straight. It's actually going to be the second straight because it's just not long enough. The main straight's just not long enough. Uh, two, this is another great, great change. The camber in turn three has been changed. So, whereas I believe the camber on the inside of the turn into turn three was falling away from the yes. apex, now it's falling into the apex, which actually means that you don't really need to be on one side to complete the move, whereas before it was difficult to overtake on the outside or be on the outside um, to fight into that corner. And number three, turn nine and turn ten have been entirely taken out. So what used to be the chicane before the massive left-hander is now just a straight line. Have we contemplated the idea that these changes are too good? Like the circuits... I, I know you gotta, you're going to push back on a couple of I things am, here. Yeah. In my opinion... It's almost as if, like, again, just like the regulations and just like the changes to Abu Dhabi, they've knocked this out of the park. And I'm not used to it. I'm not used to F1 getting things so correct. Let me push back. I okay. think, I think you, got, you got it right at the start. You know, you need to widen it just a little bit when you're starting because, because that corner was so tight. It just forced awkward shuffling. It wasn't good for racing. I think you're right about the camber. I totally disagree on turn 9-10. I really really enjoyed uh what that forced into the race i liked that it brought things down just a little bit because i'm worried now that they're going to hit that so fast they're going to hit 11 12 through that beautiful chicane so fast now that you're going to lose what was a really aesthetically pleasing section of the circuit but also just uh it was such a fun watching the drivers pick up speed around that long long left-hander you get that sense of like okay they're going to look for what's mm. going to happen in the chicane. You know, this is their opportunity. And there's this build. There's this crescendo that comes when you hit the chicane of can they put the move in? And how is that going to come, uh, especially when they're pushing down the straight? Because you've got a really sharp corner coming up yeah. after that. Now you've got 
a less sharp corner after that, and so much more speed into the chicane that I don't think we're going to see that same buildup of opportunities, that same buildup of momentum of this is where you're going to make your move if you're making a move. I think that move has so you many more... You think there's more... going to be less speed into that? No, they're going to come into it faster. Yeah, yeah, but as yeah, yeah, a result, yeah. I think we're going to see less uh, passes oh. on that corner and in the lead up to that corner. How, how would you okay? How would you say? How would you see fewer passes though? I think you're going to see fewer I think passes the, the in chicane, the overtake. The, sh- the chicane before, and I I actually think you made a couple of good points there. I'm, I'm pushing back because okay. the final one you made is dumb. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think the idea of having them start from a lower um, velocity, a lower mm-hmm. speed to take that massive left-hander before that um, invigorating, like, thrilling chicane. It's the best that part of the, chicane. the For entire sure. track. You're totally right. That's, that's, that's a fine point. I don't mind the whole um, making it a little more of a blind corner approaching that chicane. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we're going to see such more tight decision-making when it comes to that final chicane because the cars are going to be closer. That might end up actually being an overtake opportunity where it wasn't before. I'm just like, there's no way, I don't think I've ever seen a car overtake into that chicane before, um, into into the high-speed chicane. I, I, I just, sorry, Colt, I just think you're wrong. I just think you're wrong I on thought, that point. When, when, see and all... when would you ever have more close racing with a chicane, hard left-hander, and then a chicane as opposed to a straight into a chicane. This is, see, this is where you're wrong. Sorry, you're th- so I, I disagree. The passing I'm talking about is 11-12. Yeah, I know. You're, yeah, 11-12. So you, you think the, we're going to see more passing 11, at 11-12 now 11, okay, coming 11, into it 11-12 is the high-speed chicane, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How would we not see more? I think you're going to see more of the passing happening now where 9-10 used to be and along that no, long left come on. I think you're going to see a lot more okay. opportunity. I don't think you're going to see the same sort of bunching that we saw from 9-10. Counterpoint, there was never any bunching. You're talking, there was never any passes around there, ever. Now there could be, but you're worried about where they might be? Yes. <sighs> <laughs> Fully. I, you I, know I, I'm right. I, you know I'm right. I don't know. I, I think 11-12 <laughs> was, was such a beautiful moment. You know, the the chase shuffling into that chicane. Yeah. Like, I, I just worry that we're... I think it's going to be better. I think we're going to lose that. I we'll, think we're going to lose we'll that. We'll circle back on this. We'll circle back on this. I think it's going to be even better. Um, f- Okay, four DRS zones? Yeah, what, in the, what in the world? It's going to be so much Four DRS quicker. zones? Has there been a track with four DRS zones? Now you're making me think. Three is pretty common. Uh, What about... I don't think there's been a track with four DRS zones. I think you're right. Um, yeah, but uh, I love all the changes. I love all the changes. And you know what? I was gonna sw- I was gonna save this for before later. we before we yeah, leave, go on one one before other we change. leave. We still got a couple. Well, we, more I mean, I mean, we got other tracks to get to. I mean, we also have to. Oh my god! Oh, that's forty five minutes. We're yeah, good. We're we'll, good. We'll, no one's listening at this point. Yeah, it's, it's only my mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, turn fifteen is is gonna be a little wider. And yeah. uh, and another another one of those situations where like I'm kind of okay with it, but I I really liked the congestion in that those last few I think, turns. Uh, here's the problem: before the reason why we didn't have good overtaking opportunities in Australia was the final section of the track was so difficult to follow, especially that final uh, couple of I think it was it's kind of like a hairpin and then a yeah. tight right hander. You can't really yeah. call it two hairpins. But that part was so difficult to follow through. So now they're trying to bunch up midway through the circuit and then enable closer racing in the final few corners to then set up overtakes, right? Like, I think Mm -hmm. everything that they've done is brilliant. (laughs) And at the end of the day, it might end up being too good. (laughs) Can't be too good. I don't know, man. I think that I think if you change this sport too much to make big moments uh, to right, I see where you're going. With like this. They, yeah. if they become, I'm gonna try and find this. this if they become commonplace, if they become, uh, uh, Corey loves this word. Um, uh, it's got a Q in it. What's the word? Uh, ubiquitous, <laughs> ubiquitous, right? Yeah. If they become too plentiful, yep. Corey, you gotta give me points for that. I know he's listening. <laughs> then, he then it doesn't become as special. Then it becomes a fucking NASCAR race where they're bumper to bumper and there's changing positions all the time, but you don't care because you there's nothing like there's, there's nothing no final about it. There's nothing consequential. It's like, okay, well, we all know that it's gonna come down to the final few laps every single time. There's like less strategy. Um the Sens just scored. Uh <laughs> we're recording this when the Sens and Habs are playing. 
Um, yeah, so I, I think it's, I, I think the, the, the bar for good racing were there. And I think that there might be this, maybe it's imaginary to me, mm. but I think you can get to a place in which the racing is so close that it becomes too much, there's too much parody. What I'm there becomes hearing, too much parody. What I'm discerning from your concerns yeah. is that you'd like to put 910 back in just to ensure there's not <laughs> no! too much good Fuck racing. Fuck 9 and 10. <laughs> Fuck 9 and 10. I don't want 9 and 10. No, leave it. You know what? I want it even straighter. They got to, <laughs> they, no, they've got to, you know what? They've got to put some dirt on that lake, move it, move the, move the land in a little further and make it even straighter. Cause there's a kink there. There's you know, kink, in yeah. Austria, they have that one, like very, very small kink that they actually mm-hmm. call a turn. They're not even calling that little section. Um, they're not even saying that there's turns there anymore. It's just a straight where realistically, it's actually a little more of a kink than Austria, but I'm saying make it even straighter storylines heading into Australia. I cannot believe that there are this many. What are you what are you looking for? Like what are you what are you anticipating? What are some question marks heading into Australia that you want answered and that you think are going to be answered? Can Mercedes make any sort of progress? I think that's that's the first one, right? Mm-hmm. Like where is Mercedes going to find themselves as we head to Australia? Has it been good enough from them? You know, I, I think the drivers have been okay. I don't know that George has made a huge impact. I'd like to see a little bit more from him. Lewis clearly showed that he can get through the field sometimes and then lost it in the latter half of last week. You know, just a lot of questions about where that team actually slots itself. Are they a solid Mm -hmm. third best on the grid or not? And I think there is a a bit of debate around that. I'm really curious to see how if these uh, some of these more power forward cars do, especially especially Alpha. Uh, I'm really curious to see if they can put in any sort of uh, impressive effort. I'm going to be watching Bottas again. I, I just think they've got a little bit more to give in the midfield than what we've seen, especially in the last few years from them. And the last one I'm watching is Danny Rick. You okay. know, he's back in Australia. Yeah. It's been a while Great for point. him. McLaren has been abysmal, but is this a little bit of invigoration that he needs to at least, I mean, at least beat Norris? You know, like do something. I understand the car can only do so much. But I'd love to see a little bit more from him, a little more fire, because uh, I feel like that's been missing really since he left Renault. Usually he's shite in Australia. I know. Usually he's really bad, actually. I know. So, yeah, maybe, I mean, I think he had one year where he was fighting for pole and then Nico Rosberg pipped him. Um, but my God, he has had an atrocious record in Australia. Um, one, yeah, I got our Merck going to decide to fight for the championship or are they just going to say, ah, we're best of the rest and... <laughs> Um, are Haas, are they a flash in the pan? And also, will their Australian ghosts come back to haunt them? Like, you gotta, you gotta remember, the last time we were in Australia, two years in a row for Haas, I think both cars didn't finish. And one year, both of them didn't finish because they didn't screw the friggin' wheels on correctly. Um, will the tight battle between Red Bull and Ferrari continue, of course? Here's another good one. I think this is a good one. What are we gonna see from Yuki Sonoda this year? Because he hasn't really come to the party yet, you know? We saw a decent finish in Bahrain, but there were definitely problems with his Alpha Tauri because all Red Bull powertrain cars like had a bit of a, a difficulty that race. So there's no way in the world that he had the perfect setup. And it was actually pretty impressive that he, he finished that race, I believe, in eighth. Couldn't even race in qualifying or start the race in Saudi. And I think he's, he's looked like he's had pretty good pace. So I want to see, you know, is he going to come back at Pierre this year and solidify his position with that team? Uh, and pretty much an F1, right? Because like, if he has another shit year, he's probably gone. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's not shown any of the consistency required to to really earn and stay in his spot on the yeah. grid. And he feels, you know, he feels tokenish. Is this this is a guy who has money, who is just paying for the team and sitting there, and and he is filling a role, and he gets us wonderful sponsorships mm-hmm. because there are so few uh, drivers from Asia who are able to crack the grid. And it and it doesn't feel merited, but you can see that he has talent. You can see that he has ability, and if he can just translate that into consistency, then of course he's deserving of a spot because this is a driver who absolutely should be, you know, tenth, eleventh, twelfth consistently, especially given that car. Like, there's no reason he shouldn't be. He should be dropping points. Yeah, the AlphaTauri looks pretty good. Uh, I can see the headline now. CTV's Colton Prail calls Yuki Sonoda tokenish. <laughs> now it was a good explanation. It was a good it explanation. Feels like you're capitalizing on the market that he yeah. brings in. 
rather than supporting him for the driver that he could be. That's what's disappointing. Are e- this is the final one for me. Are either Aston Martin or Williams going to join the midfield battle? Because at this point, they look like they are so far uh, uh, out of the, the battle. Because even, even like Lando Norris kind of, that was a pretty, I thought that was a statement drive in Saudi actually. Um, asserting himself as, you know what, no, actually I am. I am one of the better drivers. I, I can bring this tractor into a decent points finish. And, and also Daniel can't even, you know, he, he's not, he's not worth, he's not worth the other, the, the other McLaren seat. Like I'm the guy here. I'm the number one driver. Anyways, uh, final points here. Are you excited to return to Australia? Yes, absolutely. It is, it is one of my favorite tracks, despite being so hard to watch. Interesting. Why? I really enjoy the visuals of it. I just think it it's is beautiful. a very optically pleasing, yeah. aesthetically pleasing track. The I know the corners don't make for good racing, they but it's now. fun they to watch. Now. They, they, do now. they do now. Okay. Exactly. Try and read my mind. What track does it? Re- what other track does it remind you of? I hate, I hate this. I hate this so much. Oh no! Don't um, no! Because you're, now you're going to get it wrong. What? Oh, it, there's a park. You got trees all around. You know, it's around a lake. I'm giving you way too many. Canada, Montreal. It reminds you of Canada. Yeah, dude. There's a lake in the middle. It's a. There's it's at a park. Such it's, different. It's circus. at a park. Not really. Like yeah, there's a lot. There's much longer straights in Canada, but they still have those tight turns with the trees overhanging. Yeah. And there's a there's a bunch of chicanes and a bunch of hard left and right okay. handers. Okay, I see you've got, where you've you're got getting a, there. You've got a, a couple of hairpins and stuff. Yeah. Like, just gives me that kind of vibe. Okay. And and the racing's not always good in Canada. People like to, like, we've had a couple of banger races. We have. You haven't seen a good uh, race in Canada, uh, I think, since, like, 2014, 2015. Yeah. Yeah, they've been Cars just weren't able to follow there with, with, the, with the forest yep. um, and stuff like that. Uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for Albert Park because it was always the first race of the year. Mm. And I think that if it was a track that you visited in late June, August, September, something in the middle of the calendar, mm-hmm. people people would be advocating it for it to be dropped. Because it's not it had it's no, not a great racing it was track. Never, for it was so never long. a good racing track. Yeah. But the feeling of it feels like it's a reunion. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it there's feels, an excitement. It You're feels, in Australia. Yeah, absolutely. So now with already we know we have a crazy title fight on our hands, two races in. The track has been developed into what should be extremely tight racing and, and actually really intriguing racing. Danny Ricardo had a great point about what the corners actually enable the drivers to do. Not only is it tighter racing, not only are there overtake opportunities, but you can actually take different lines. You're going to see a lot of um, drivers in, in FP1, FP2, um, you know, during battles in the race, trying to figure out what is actually the fastest corner. And also, if you're on the inside here, how much does it matter to be pushed wide here and whatnot? So it's also going to be like really cerebral to see who can figure the track out. And to me, like this is probably the most highly anticipated Australian uh, Grand Prix. I don't want to. I don't want to say of all time because what if I'm missing? Like, okay, well, the first year, I don't know, like Schumacher and a lot. I don't know, like something, something stupid from a long time ago that there was this huge, um, this huge build up to the start of a season. But like this. This feels new. This feels unique. This feels, this it's feels a like different kind feels of like excitement. It feels like there's going to be a cres- uh, it feels like a crescendo, and yeah. we're all, we're only going to be three races in. Yeah, so I'm super excited. Also super excited, like I said, to have twelve beers in me while I'm watching it. She's <laughs> <laughs> screaming at you. Where's Max? Callum, I I can't see. Is Max winning? <laughs> all right. Hey, thank you so much for this, man. Anytime, buddy. Um, and now uh, you are an official co-host of uh strat 2 cory has been i just we just filed, filed the paperwork actually for our divorce it's official i'm so happy for um, him. i owe him a lot of money well he got the house <laughs> so <laughs> all right thanks buddy <laughs>